You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Is it love bombing or codependent affection flooding? Well, love bombing gets a lot of attention and is usually discussed alongside narcissism or when we discuss trauma bonding. But what I've seen more often in my over 35, almost 40 years of experience is something that I have coined attention flooding, which can look like love bombing, but its origins are actually from codependency and feelings of low self-worth. Today, I'm teaching you the difference between love bombing and attention flooding, the signs to look for, and as always, my top three tips for building healthier and more fulfilling relationships based on mutual respect and genuine affection. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Welcome back to season six. I cannot believe I'm starting season six. It's blowing my mind a little bit. Thank you for all of you who've been following me for all these years. And um, wow, this so this is going to be the 251st episode of the Relationships Made Easy podcast. Um, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And uh, just... Yeah, a heartfelt thank you. I'm really excited to be back. I had a lovely break, which is always good for rejuvenating. Um, And I'm taking a month-long break from my love letter, uh, the weekly love letter that goes out, which if you haven't signed up yet, you, you really want to. It's on the website. It's just a weekly dose of inspiration. I'm not selling you anything. It's just a weekly dose of inspiration, my little stories. And uh, people love the love letter, I got to tell you. So if you're not signed up yet, it's a great way to, you know, to stay connected, but also to get a little weekly dose of inspiration and something to help you think differently for the week. That's always my goal with it. 
when I do have new products that come out, I do give a coupon. If you're in the love letter, you will get a coupon for those things, but I'm not going to send you, you know, 40 emails in a week with my big sell for the thing. I don't do that. Anyone who's been on the love letter a long time knows. Um, it truly is from love. So I know it's hard to believe these days that people aren't just trying to sell you stuff all the time, but I am happy if you spend money, you can buy a mug on my pot on my website to support me. You could buy my books, you could programs. There's things to do that help support me in that way, but you don't have to. And that was always the intention of the podcast was that you could have zero money and have access to great research-based, experience-based information that would change your life. And that's what I've been doing for 250 now one episodes. So let's talk about it. And um, I, I came up, you know, I was like, wow, the opener, season six, I, I've got to come up with some new, and I've been using these sort of terms with my clients. And I realized that, oh, this is sort of me <laughs> coining new terms. Hey, I am a thought leader in the field. That's my, my jam. And um, my clients have been, re, you know, really responding well to having a new frame of reference for their actions. So I'm giving it to you today and you don't even have to pay me my hourly fee. How do you like that? So back in episode 234, I taught you all about the seven stages of trauma bonding. And if you haven't, you know, if you're interested in that, go back and check it out. I'll I've always link to it in the show notes, as I always do. You can go to abbymetcalf.com and on the podcast page, you will find every podcast I've ever done back to episode one. If you can't get them on the platforms you usually listen to, I know they only hold so many usually. And you can also, there's always a corresponding blog post to under relationship tips and tools to every single episode I do. So that if you are listening in your car and want to, you know, take notes, so to speak, but you can't because you're driving or doing something else, you can always go to the website and get the the full, it's not a transcript, it's actually a blog post. So it's written really well. It's not like some transcript you have to read through to try to figure out. It's really a succinct um, message of whatever I'm talking about. And you can go there and take notes, copy and paste, do whatever you want. So you have, uh, you don't maybe have to listen to the entire episode again, although why wouldn't you want to? And <laughs> you can just get the notes. Or if you have someone in your life who you love, who doesn't like to listen, but maybe would read and you want them to get the information, it's another great way to do it. Because I love you. That's right. That's why I do all that. So you can go back and listen or read about the seven stages of trauma bonding. And stage one of that is love bombing. And it's an area that definitely gets a lot of attention. You know, I see it often used or, you know, if I'm scrolling through TikTok or something, I see it. And love bombing, briefly, is when it's that, you know, it's usually right away you have this deep, intense connection with someone that you feel and, you know, everything from the, you know, those hours long conversations all night to the sex is so amazing. And this is when one or both people are just completely focused on winning the affection, the attention, the love of the other person. And we often see some grand displays, you know, maybe extravagant dates or gifts or things like that. and. But a lot of times love bombing is attached to narcissists or trauma. There's sort of a, a sinister character to the way it's described. Um, as in, you know, a narcissist will initially 
love bomb to, you know, to get you, but will then start gaslighting and trying to control you right after they feel like they got you. And so again, there's kind of a, you know, yeah, like a, like a sinister, I can't think of a better word, kind of, kind of feeling when we talk about love bombing, but in my, again, almost 40 years, it's hard to say that out loud because I'm getting older. It's been 30, almost 39 years that I've been doing this. Yeah, 39, almost 39. It's crazy. But in those years of experience, I've definitely seen, I've definitely seen love bombing, obviously. But there's something else I see more commonly. And it's when someone is looking for validation from someone else. So they do all the things that look like love bombing, but it's from a lack of self-worth and codependency. It's, it's really coming from a place of not feeling worthy of someone else's love unless you're doing for them. And so the thing that I've coined is that I see this sort of behavior on a spectrum, okay? So like on a, on a continuum from what I call affection flooding, which is more like love bombing, to love drizzles. <laughs> so I call the whole thing, are you ready? Are you ready? Validation precipitation. <laughs> I use the water theme all the way through. So on this kind of low key end, you've got your emotional drizzles. And on the big tidal wave end, you've got your affection flooding, right? So, cause you know, I love a catchy phrase. You know, I, you know, I love a catchy phrase you can remember. So there you go. And I really find that it's so much uh, such a better descriptor of what is happening for most people. Um, yeah. Okay. So let, let's talk about affection flooding. So affection flooding suggests that the, the, the codependent person is sort of engulfing their partner with really an avalanche of affection and attention. Okay. There, oh, avalanche. Oh, that's, uh, there's, there's, there's frozen water. Oh, oh, I'm going to keep, look, I'm, look, I'm running with this. I'm running with this people. All right. <laughs> I'm running with the metaphor. <laughs> Calm down, Abby. I know it's the new season, but you know, maybe, maybe I won't go too deep on this. Okay. So, but there is, so I, avalanche is a good word, this avalanche of affection and attention, but it's driven by this, their, deep-seated need for validation and some kind of external affirmation. And this can include, again, those grand gestures, you know, extravagant gifts, vacation, uh, you know, saying I love you with a, with a sky riding plane, uh, whatever, right? Um, while maybe treating, you know, you're, maybe you're treating for great dinners, you're planning amazing dates, you get it, right? There's just this like kind of huge sort of overwhelm, you know, coming at you, there's still an intense and overwhelming experience, right? So, so it's, that can feel just like love bombing, but the root cause of the, oh, my New York came out, the root cause, <laughs> the root cause of the behavior is codependency. I could do the whole thing in like a really strong New York accent. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? All right. Um, we're not going there today. Look, I'm, I'm so spunky today. I'm so spicy today. I've got, I've got so much energy because I'm so excited about the new season. All right. So the person, you know, I'm staying on track. I got it. The person is seeking excessive reassurance from their partner, really, again, flooding them, inundating them with affection and attention, but it's to fill the void. It's to fill a void of low self-worth, 
uh, and an over-reliance, again, on some sort of external sources of validation. And these actions, they're, they're really driven by a deep-seated need for validation rather than with narcissism, some grandiose sense of self-importance, right? That's what we see in narcissistic love bombing. So do you, are you, I want to make sure you're really seeing the difference of what I'm talking about. And then, of course, um, since, you know, affection flooding is hard to do all the time or it's not, you can't really, especially as you get into a relationship, what I see then is the codependent person will often rely on what I call the love drizzle. Okay, so it's just always there, this, this validation precipitation, sometimes in a drizzle and sometimes in a flood. And the love drizzles are, you know, wanting those doses of connection throughout the day. And what I see is that this person will constantly think of things they can do for their partner. Um, and they, I often see, especially with the advent of, you know, texting in the last 20 years, uh, sending, you know, these love-filled texts and hoping for a love-filled one back, okay? The problem with affection flooding or the love drizzles, depending on, you know, how extreme you are on that, on that scale, on that continuum, is that the feeling you get is, of course, short-lived. You're always needing to fill that void, that hole. So unless the other person is codependent in the same way you are, that initial in-love infatu infatuation feeling wears off, which is normal, by the way, anybody, that would happen with anyone, but you're left feeling abandoned, rejected, reject, rejected, I can say the word, um, and even more inadequate than before, I think a lot of the times. It, so, you know, if you text your partner, just thinking of you and how lucky I am to have you in my life, I love you so much, followed by every emoji, every emoji, but you know, they're, they're busy at work. They're, and so they only, I'm doing only in text if you're not watching me on YouTube, uh, they only text back, you know, love you too with an exclamation, but you know, there's one emoji or there's no emojis and you end up feeling deflated and worried. That's a problem. And you, some of you are nodding your head right now. I, I see you. I can see you right through the, right through your radio or the screen or your phone or wherever you're listening. I see you. And you're going, oh crap, I do that. Yeah. And you, to break free, you know, this is a cycle, right? To break free from the cycle, you need to work on your codependency. You need to work on building your self-esteem, establishing healthier relationship boundaries, right? Uh, recognizing your, your worth as an individual, independent of external validation. It, it's crucial to do this if you want to form healthy connections, not just with your partner, but with everybody. And yeah, I know. So let's talk about signs you might be on the validation precipitation spectrum. <laughs> Look at me. I'm just creating all new, all new psycho psychological terms. How do you like it? Why not? Who gets to create them? Why can't I create them? Yeah. Okay. Here's some signs. So, cause you know, recognizing if you're engaging in affection flooding or love drizzling, right? driven by codependency and self low self-esteem, it really requires honest self-reflection. So, you know, let's talk about signs you need to look for. 
the number, and these aren't in any particular order, but let, let's talk about them. So one is that you have a constant need for affirmation. You find yourself persistently seeking validation and approval from your partner, and you feel anxious, inadequate, worried when you don't receive it. I think that's probably the top one. Two, another one or two is you have a fear of them breaking up with you or abandoning you. You have this intense fear of being abandoned or rejected by your partner to the point of being sort of overly accommodating or even compromising your values. Um, you know, uh, you're, you're seeking validation to avoid these feelings of unworthiness. Um, they, it, it show you feel me, right? You, you feel wrong. Okay. Three is one of my favorites and something I've experienced quite a bit. You get, I call it the in trouble feeling easily. And the in trouble, you know, right now, some people are really nodding. Some of you, I see you're nodding. You're like, I get the in trouble feeling. The in trouble feeling is like kind of in the pit of your stomach. You feel your stomach drop a little bit. You, you just, you suddenly are, you know, uh, feel kind of a thrumming in your system or like tingling down your arms kind of thing. Um, you get that in trouble feeling kind of easily. If things aren't going along exactly as you'd like, you get that, get an uneasy feeling again in your tummy that something is off. It's hard to stay focused on anything else. Okay. But it doesn't take much to set that off. And that that's an issue. Uh, so, so example, if your partner, if your person didn't text you right back, um, and you know, I'm using the word partner all the time here, but you can have affection flooding with a family member or friends. I see people do it with friends. Uh, you know, anybody where anything, right. Could be at work. Um, affection flooding at work would look like just overworking, right. Doing too much, always going to your boss, looking for approval. Right. Uh, and again, so you walk into work and your boss doesn't look up from their desk. You know, if you're, if you're not remote working, um, and you immediately go, Oh my God, I'm in trouble. They're not looking at me cause they're going to fire me later. You know, <laughs> that's, they just were, they were just working you know, or they're having their own moment or they had a stomach ache. We don't even know, right? There's, it's got nothing to do with you, but we go there or your partner doesn't text you back right away or text you back. Like I mentioned earlier with just, yeah, I love you too. With nothing else, you immediately get that sinking feeling and in trouble and something's wrong. Yeah. Okay. Number four sign that I, fourth sign I see is there's, there's just an intensity all the time in how you feel about this person. Maybe you use intense language to express your affection or admiration. Um, and there, you know, it's just when it's always intense, when it's always like, oh, there's something going on. And what I find is that when people are using, again, after the first, you know, month, after the first two months, you just, you're, you're a year into the relationship and you're still talking like this or eight months in or nine months, in, you know, um, the, it's often problematic. And it, the real problem is that this sort of feeling, this extreme kind of emotion about the person often leads to having an atmosphere of where you idealize your partner and you're putting them on a pedestal and you're only seeing the good. And that, that obviously becomes a real problem later. The fifth sign I would talk about, again, these are in no particular order, is that there's a feeling of there's like a rapid escalation, I think is the best way I could describe that in, in 
and, and probably all your relationships, but certainly with a partner, if this is going on, you're hearing a lot from others, maybe that you're moving too fast or you notice yourself moving from, you know, dating to I love you to moving in to engagement to marriage, you know, very rapidly. If you're seeing this very kind of rapid escalation, it's just a mm, often, you know, again, it's like the, the validation you're looking for really. And you're doing that by like, if they say they love me back and if they want to move in and if we, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of locking something in out of fear. And I'm not saying that if you've ever moved fast in a relationship, that that means this is what you're doing, that it's unhealthy, because I think that there, you know, are certainly healthy times to move fast in a relationship. I'm just saying, you know, if you're noticing a lot of the other things and that, that you might put some things together. As with anything I talk about, nothing is ever all black and white. Nothing is ever, you know, if you have one out of 10 things that you're like, oh, I'm that thing. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm giving you a broad spectrum and I'm trusting you to see where you might fit on this or not, or don't fit on this. But my, my guess is if you're listening, <laughs> you think you fit on this in some way. All right. Uh, number six, and that would be related to this is something I already mentioned that, that you're expecting that very quick turnaround, um, all the time in answering texts and answering calls and answering emails and in setting up the next date. And, you know, you're just expecting a lot of, um, oh, my eyes itch, um, <laughs> a lot of fast turnaround. Uh, what's up? Seven. I'm going to say this. You if you're often losing yourself in a love relationship or even a friendship, you know, you want a lot of attention from your partner. You give a lot of attention to your partner, often to the exclusion of other things. Maybe you stop doing things you used to do. You used to even enjoy doing to spend more time with them, or you've just lost interest. You expect them maybe to do the same, you know, not see their friends as much or do things that they used to do their place in your life isn't balanced, I guess is what I'm trying to say, that your life gets very, now again, in the very beginning of a relationship, when we're just, you know, all in love for a few moments, that obviously happens very naturally, where, you know, you're at work, and you're texting, and you're not focused, and you're, you know, not hanging out with your other friends as much. But, you know, after a couple, three months, that should go, should start to rebalance. You should, you know, start to, um, have night days apart and nights apart and go do other things. And, you know, that should start to really happen and where you're not obsessed with them, just be, you know, and I'll say, it's not like you force yourself to go out with friends because your partner was going out with their friends, you know, on separate kind of girl, girl nights or guy, gal nights or whatever, but that you aren't with your friends obsessing about them the whole time and texting and checking in and wondering, you know, there's a balance. If there's no balance, it's often a problem. The eighth sign I see a lot is you are always looking for special things for your partner. This might be, you know, again, gifts, vacation, or it could just be, you know, I, I buy cards for them all the time just because, or you're always in the card store looking, ooh, and you've collected like 10 cards to give them over the course of time. You know, you're always on the lookout for ways to show them that you're thinking of them or, or ways to make their life easier. And again, you might be saying, like, of course, I think of Gary. I, I try to think of how, <laughs> how his life could be easier. And I occasionally buy a card. Um, just, you know, but I don't go 
to the store or let me go find a card they might like or i'm not always browsing the cards for a card for gary but occasionally if i'm looking for let's say a birthday card from a, for a friend and i see i'm like oh that card's so cute it's so me and gary and i'll buy it you know just to to get it out of nowhere but i'm and of course when i'm with him but you know when i'm at work i'm not thinking of ways to make his life easier like right now doing the podcast i'm not thinking of that stuff i it's not in my head all the time i try to keep him you know top of mind in a lot of ways but i i actually need to make that effort because i have so many things in my life you know the kids the my work my friends activities there's so many wonderful things going on that he's you know one of obviously the most important but he's not always the most important because that's just not how life works uh you know sometimes my job is more important sometimes the kids are more important sometimes you know a, a, a call from a friend who really needs me is more important like there needs to be balance right so uh i do want you to of course to think of your partner and hold them in high regard but i think you can know the difference there's an anxiety attached to the other one or this kind of fluttering all the time that you know again a year in five years in two years in eight months in i don't know that it's healthy to be having all the time so just notice that's all just notice don't judge yourself don't you know i'm not here to judge you so if you're judging yourself or think i'm judging you you're not listening well okay i say with love but you're not listening well so just think about it all right number nine and this is a biggie is that you don't ask for what you need often or at all you, or maybe you even neglect your own needs while you're prioritizing your partner's happiness and their goals. You might find it very challenging to communicate your needs or, you know, what you want, you, you know, because you don't want to disappoint them. You are afraid they're going to reject you or not, you know, not find it important. Also, you might not even realize you have needs. I, that happens a lot for people. They don't even, they think, no, no, this is my need that I'm taking care of the people around me. That's not a need. <laughs> that's something else if you don't have your own needs that are balanced with that that are just as much as what you give to others then again we're out of balance and we're not doing it the way I'm talking about got an itch sorry I'm itching I'm scratching or is it scratching you have an itch and you scratch right is that how that works I think I use both as a verb I'm having some water too excuse me okay sorry <laughs> what it Hey, comment under the video if you're watching this on YouTube. Is itch and scratch both a verb? I don't know. Okay, nouns, verbs, What what is that? All right, number 10 is the other, the thing I, I see this a lot is this extreme sensitivity to rejection. I, and I mean extreme, like we all don't like to, nobody likes to be rejected. So I, I mean an extreme sensitivity to it, feeling devastated or crushed really by minor, things, minor rejections or criticism from your partner or from anybody and taking them as a, pers a personal attack on your self-worth, these are, right, that's an issue. So, and so those are like the 10 signs. There you go. 10 signs. Um, I want to say this, of course, needing val occasional validation and needing affection of course, there that's normal in a healthy relationship. I, I got no issue with that. But when these signs become persistent and start affecting your emotional well-being or the balance in the relationship or the balance in your life, that's when it's time to reflect on whether codependency and low self-esteem are influencing your behavior. Okay? I'm always, you know, I always want to give you 
the, the, the big picture of what I'm talking about. Because, you know, oftentimes we can get into the minutia and it can seem like, um, it can seem like what people are telling us, like, or what I'm saying to you right now is contradictory to other things I've said that, uh, so it can seem like it's contradictory, right? To, to not think of your partner. But then I tell you other times you need to think of your partner. If you're listening well, and I want you to be, then you don't hear that as a contradiction. You see that one is from love and one is from fear that there are actions that come from a loving heart that are from openness and curiosity and willingness and just, you know, that beautiful unconditional love. And there are actions that come from fear and worry and anxiety and jealousy and fear of rejection or abandonment, right? The sensitivity over, you know, to just even the littlest criticism or something, you know, that is how I want you to, to always see what I'm talking about on the spectrum of love to fear. Where it does it, how does it feel in your body? Where is it coming from? And that's why it's so important to get clear on that. So let's talk about some reasons you might be on the validation precipitation spectrum. <laughs> Do you love it? We're on the spectrum. It's a new spectrum. On the continuum. And, and I, cause I, all right. So, you know, low self-esteem and seeking validations from others, it, it really can arise from a lot of different factors, right? I, all kinds of places, but I'm just going to quickly go over before we get to tips, five common reasons why some people may have low self-esteem and look to others for validation. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do this briefly, but I just wanted to, you know me, I'm always giving a lot of context for things so you can put together the pieces well when you're when you're thinking about it, when, when you're wondering, does this match me? Is this, is this me? So obviously number one would be childhood experiences, right? Early experiences, you know, during your childhood can obviously significantly impact your self-esteem. Let's be real. Negative or critical parenting, emotional neglect, abuse, lack of any positive reinforcement can obviously, I keep saying obviously, sorry, can clearly lead to feelings of inadequacy, a constant need for external validation, right? To feel worthy. You can see how that works. Okay. Uh, related to this, but a little different is some past trauma or abuse. If you've experienced trauma or abuse, so physical, emotional, sexual abuse, any of those, you can, and neglect is really abuse too. So what I said in number one should really be here in number two. Uh, you can get feeling, internalized feelings of shame and unworthiness. So seeking validations from, from others becomes a coping mechanism to either numb or escape from the, the pain that's caused by the trauma. All right. Number three, uh, and by the way, I've done, of course, episodes on you might be dealing with unhealed trauma and not realize it. You know, I'll link to all the previous episodes on the show notes page, uh, the ones I've done on early childhood trauma. All those things will all be linked. If Or you can always do a search on whatever platform you're listening on or on my website with a keyword like trauma. And all of the podcast episodes and blogs will come up related to that. So you can go have yourself a little, a little time to go, going down the rabbit hole. 
Um, YouTube also, you can do the same thing, Abby Metcalf trauma or something, and all my videos on that will come up. So, um, and if you're watching on YouTube right now, please subscribe to the channel so more people can find me and please like the video and give a comment. I, I always read, I read all the comments now. I am deep in YouTube, man. Uh, I also started doing, if you don't know, YouTube lives, uh, in July of 2023. I did them for the month and to see if I liked them, and I do. So I'm gonna be coming back in September 2023, I'm not sure when you're listening to this, with some YouTube Lives. I don't know for how long, I'll see, as long as I enjoy them. As long as I feel like they're helpful and people are getting something, I'm gonna be doing them. And what they are is an Ask Dr. Abby. Uh, so people writing questions or you can ask questions live if you come listen live and I'm answering questions live. How do you, isn't that fun? I know. Right now they're on Wednesdays at uh, 1230. That's 1230 Pacific time on Wednesdays. And again, I'll be starting that again, September. I guess that's the seventh, that Wednesday. I don't keep my phone near me. So that'll be listed, but I'm looking real quick because I am near my phone. Let's see. Um, uh, I don't know why it's taking me so long to look at a calendar. <laughs> it is September 6th. Sorry, I was wrong. September 6th of 2023. Okay. Let's get back to the reasons why. Uh, another reason I see is comparisons, just comparisons in general, but I think social media has made that much worse. You know, we are in a very interconnected world with constant comparisons to other people, right? Particularly on social media, that can clearly erode your self-esteem. And I find a lot of people feel inadequate when they compare their lives to, you know, these perfect curated images presented, right, by other people. And it can really lead you to seek validation and to feel valued and uh, accepted. So that can be another reason. And again, you can have a, a comp, you know, you can have more than one of these reasons why you're on this, uh, this emotional, this validation precipitation continuum. Uh, number four would be to me, a lack of positive role models growing up. Maybe you grew up without any positive role models or, or, you know, role models for healthy relationships. So that can clearly, again, I keep saying clearly and obviously, sorry, that can lead <laughs> to individuals, uh, to people, you know, doubting their self-worth. You can seek validation from others to fill the void left by the absence of having supportive people in your life. So, you know, or supportive kind of figures that you're looking up to. And number five, that I wanna talk about is unrealistic standards and perfectionism. If you are setting excessively high standards for yourself and constantly striving for perfection, that can definitely result in feelings of failure and inadequacy, hello, because no one can reach that, it's impossible. So seeking validation becomes a way to validate your efforts and your accomplishments, even though, even though they may be amazing by objective standards, right? It, it, Really, and again, I did a whole thing on perfectionism and what to do about it, a, a whole episode previously, so I'll link to that in the show notes. It's Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It's important to note that these reasons, again, are interconnected and can reinforce each other. And that can create really a cycle that perpetuates low self-esteem and the need for external validation. And to address these issues, which are really deep-seated, it requires introspection, self-compassion. It might require therapy or some other support. This is a type of support, of course. Uh, you know, to work through whatever past maybe traumas or, or challenges, you know, or past patterns of negative thinking. And so you can develop a healthier sense of self-worth. So, so let's get, so this is, so this is a good segue um, to my top three tips really for relationship balance and loving connection. How's that? Oh, I like how I said that. I hope I remember that. Okay. These are my top three tips and I'm going to go through them, you know, not, I'm not going to take too long because I've done episodes on all of, on all of these areas and I would much rather you went deep there on each one. So, but I'm going to give you little tips on the way. I'm not just going to completely overview. I always give tips. All right. So again, so dealing with affection flooding or love drizzling stemming from codependency and low self-esteem, again, we're looking a little different than the love bombing, requires this self-awareness, this commitment, a willingness to work on your growth. Um, I guess I want to say that first. Okay. So let, okay. So let's get, (laughs) sorry. I'm like, how do I want to say this? So here's my top three tips for a healthier relationship dynamics. So tip number one, you're not going to be shocked by this and you shouldn't be shocked if you've listened to me for any amount of time. What am I going to say first? Because it's always, always, always the the bottom, bottom line is that you have to develop. Tip number one is you have to develop your self-awareness. You got to do it. If you've been having some aha moments today, good for you. I'm proud. I always have aha moments myself when I put together these episodes that they always teach me more about myself. I'm always learning about myself. So if you're doing that today, you're increasing your self-awareness, but it can't stop here. If you're not self-aware and practicing mindfulness throughout your day, you're not going to catch yourself when you're attention flooding and you're definitely not when you're, you know, low key love drizzling, you're not going to see it. So In addition to, again, the more in-depth tips I give in earlier episodes on how to, you know, the four ways to have more self-awareness and why self-awareness is so important in your relationship. And I will link to all of them, although you could also, again, search for self-awareness on my website and you'll go right there. Here are some quick tips to get you started on your 
uh, uh, self-awareness, mindfulness journey, okay? And again, remember, those are two different things. Self-awareness and mindfulness are two different things. I am very self-aware that I'm controlling. I'm not always aware that I'm doing it, okay? I'm not always mindful, sorry, that I'm doing it. So I'm self-aware. I know this is a thing, you know, it's not a blind spot that I'm controlling, but that I love to control. But I'm, if I'm not being mindful in a moment, I don't, I don't see it. I, I'm, I'm sort of on autopilot and I don't notice that I'm being controlling until someone reminds me or my brain taps me on the shoulder and goes, hey, you're being controlling. So here are three tips. Um, one, I think is a great one is journaling. Keep a journal to explore your feelings, your behaviors, past experiences. And I did an entire episode on journaling, why you sh maybe should be journaling and how to do it and my top tips. I also have some fabulous journals on the website. I do, that are really cool. And so you could order a journal, you could support me, and you could have a really cool journal to write in. I love my journals. I, of course, have nothing in front of me that's one of my journals. Maybe next time I'll be hand, I'll, I'll hold one up so you can see them. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, or, you know, get a notebook. It doesn't matter. Write on your computer. You, you don't have to buy one, but it's really a great way to look at your behaviors, your past experiences that might contribute to your low self-esteem and codependency. It, writing, journaling can really help you gain clarity, um, help you gain insights into your thought patterns. So I highly recommend it. Again, if you go to my journaling um, episode, I give some journaling prompts that you can start with. If you don't know where to start, it's always great to start with prompts. And I also give you some guidelines on what's healthy journaling and what's not. So, but that could be, a, it's really such a great tool for increasing your self-awareness and your mindfulness. The second great tool that everyone would say is to seek, actively seek feedback. Ask for feedback from, again, trusted friends or family about your relationship dynamics and your behavior. Again, should be trusted. It shouldn't be crazy Aunt Mary who has an opinion on everything um, who you don't even like or trust. That, you know, consider the source always. Could be a therapist that's, that's reflecting back, you know, what you're doing. But when you actively seek feedback, I know it can feel scary. Um, I'm much better doing it at work than I am at home. Um, I have to admit, <laughs> I, you know, I think our personal relationships are scarier to hear how we're maybe not measuring up, but it's really important there. Um, and the, one of my favorite ways to do it is to ask, what's one thing you'd like to see me doing better, doing more of? As opposed to what do I suck at? You know, I don't even know if that helps so much. Well, I hate when you do this. And I don't like when you nag and I don't like that. And I don't like this. I, what, other than beating me down and making me feel crappy about myself, I'm not sure where that gets me. But if I ask someone, you know, in our disagreement yesterday, how could I have done that better? What's one thing I could have said to you that, you know, would have helped us move it forward? What's one thing I said that really blocked our communication? Um, What's one thing you think I have a blind spot about when it comes to X, Y, or Z? You know, these are all things you can say at work, at your, in your partner, all those things. Do you see what I'm talking about here? Actively soliciting feedback is not going into the lion's den and having people beat up on you. That is not feed, that's not even feedback. That's just having people beat up on you. So, uh, I did, you know, do you see the difference? Okay. Because you can get really valuable perspective and insights into, you know, areas you may need to work on. So um, another tip, of course, is to get some kind of therapy or counseling, you know, get professional help, specializing maybe in codependency, 
you could also, there's 12 step groups, Codependence Anonymous, you could try that. But a trained professional, and that's not true of CODA, uh, Codependence Anonymous, but that's not trained professionals, but it's a great support. But a trained professional really can guide you through kind of a self-discovery and help you understand the root causes of your behavior. And, you know, I, I definitely like any of the, there's tons of, you know, programs online and things like that. Just make sure you consider the source. Always, always consider the source. Um, you should, you know, you don't want to have someone who's, you know, going to do your shadow work, who's been a therapist for a year. I, I don't, I don't think a therapist in a year who has a year of experience is, is going to really understand the breadth and depth of that. I'm not saying, and I know some people out there listening might be therapists who have a year of experience and are doing shadow work. I am, but I'm, I'm saying that what I think is the truth. I think you really, when you're getting to more root causes, deeper, deeper stuff, having experience is better. When you're going, if you were going to get surgery, would you want someone who was fresh out of school or would you want someone who's had a lot of experience? You know, you want someone who's had a lot of experience doing this kind of surgery. It's, it's not a, it's, and of course the new surgeons have to get practice, right? They have to learn, but they often start with more general surgery or they start obviously, you know, for years working under someone else or, you know, whatever, just be thoughtful. That's all be thoughtful about who is helping you always. What is their experience? What do they know or not know? I talk a lot about trying to be careful to stay in my lane. I do, you know, some of the stuff on trauma I have, but I don't have, I, I don't have a whole episode on trauma and what to do about, or I'm sorry, a whole podcast on how to do trauma or anything, because that's not my specialty. I, and I say it, if you listen to any of the trauma episodes, I, I stay in my lane. I do a lot of research. I really, but I try to stay in my lane because trauma is a huge topic with a lot of pieces. And uh, I don't want to, you know, go somewhere that's not appropriate for me to go. So we should always know our limitations and, you know, start small, all that. Anyway, know who's talking to you. If you look on my website and on my about me page, I'm very, very transparent about my history, you know, my work, my degrees. Um, I talk a lot about having a PhD in organizational psychology. My PhD is not in, you know, clinical psych. I have a master's in counseling psychology. I have 40 years of experience working, almost working with people. You know, I have tons of other certificates and things around therapy. Um, I have a real marriage of those two, but I'm very open about it. I don't try to hide it. You know, if, if someone has a problem with that and doesn't think I have enough, you know, whatever, then fine, you know, don't listen. Um, but there you go. Okay. And then my other tip would be download my mindfulness starter kit. <laughs> it's free. Did I mention it's free? Down, make mindfulness a daily habit. Download the mindfulness starter kit. Download the meditation starter kit. They're free. They're there for a reason. They're there to help you do it. You will get on my love letter list if you do that. So that's a two for one. You will get these fabulous love letters and you'll be on, you know, you'll get the starter kit. It, it would be a great place to start. All right. Tip number two. So after, you know, getting some your self-awareness game down is to practice self-compassion. And I, again, did an entire episode on self-compassion. And uh, so I'd want you to go listen there because I go deep. Kristen Neff is the queen of self-compassion. <laughs> you can, and, and she's the queen because of her amazing 
abundant, robust research. So I trust that woman implicitly. She's got the goods. So if you want to learn about self-compassion, you can start with my episode. You can go right to Krista Neff. I quote her all over in the episode because I quote the research as I always do. Um, when I'm pulling from something, I don't just make this stuff up off the top of my head. Uh, today is a lot of my own, you know, again, things I already know are research-based that I already use, you know, as we get into episode 251, um, I, I really link to all most of the research earlier. So when I link to the old episodes, you'll see all the research and the things that back it up. Um, if you want to go hunting, but you got to be gentle with yourself. Come on. I love you. Love yourself. Please, please. You, you have to be gentle with yourself. You've got to do it as you acknowledge and address this pattern you, you might have with doing this, you know, emotional, right. This attention flooding or, uh, this, um, these emotional drizzles, you have to recognize that seeking, seeking validation from others is a, it's a common human experience and it doesn't define your worth. So I, I want you to, you know, you cultivate self-compassion by treating yourself with the same kindness and understanding that you would offer a friend facing a similar challenge or issue, right? I want you to uh, practice, think of yourself as you know I think of you, with love, with heart, with knowing how brave you are to even be listening right now, to be saying, I'm going to start working on these things. You're, you know, I... You're amazing and I love you and you got this. So don't beat up on yourself, please. I would never, ever, ever treat you that way and I don't want you to treat yourself that way. I know my voice gets wavy because I start getting choked up, okay? All right, all right, I do, I'm admitting it. So please. So again, I give some in-depth tips on this earlier episode on self-compassion, but because I love you, of course, I'm gonna get you started on your self-compassion journey right now. So. One of the things is to practice positive self-talk. You know, you got to challenge these negative self-perceptions and replace those self-critical thoughts with kind and affirming statements. And again, I've done, you know, how to get episodes on, you know, your critical brain and your judging in your head and all that. They'll all be linked. But, you know, you have to treat yourself, again, as you would treat a supportive friend. So I do have, which I think would be really helpful on YouTube. I have a meditation on uh, a visualization, I should say on stopping negative thinking. So again, I'll link to it, or you can just search on YouTube, Abby Metcalf, stop negative thinking meditation or visualization. I think it says visualization and that'd be great to listen to every day. I think it's seven minutes or eight minutes. Listen to that every day for a week. If you want to start with something like that, um, that would be great. Start every day with positive momentum. Do your best and stay in charge of your thoughts. I throughout the day, I talk a lot about, you know, the best way to start your day. I did an entire episode on that and how important it is to not wait for a negative thought to occur and then try to combat it, but to try to stay in a more positive frame throughout the day with your mindfulness and your self-awareness, but also with these practices that I've outlined. I have a step-by-step guide to starting your day with positive momentum. Um, It's right there. So, but to make that a priority is what I'm saying right now. And then of course, one of the best things is to practice a loving kindness meditation consistently. I would say, try to do it one day for a week. There's a ton of research showing that these um, 
self-compassion meditations are tr loving kindness. We call them loving kindness meditations are super helpful for this. Um, you know, Cheryl Salzberg is probably the most famous person in this realm. I have one on YouTube for free. You know, you don't even have to get the love letter. You don't have to sign up or put in your email. It's for free. You can put in loving kindness meditation, Abby Medcalf. It's there. It'll be linked to the show notes page. All of these are ways to get started on your self-compassion journey. Okay. And tip number three is you got to build your confidence and self-esteem. You have to work on building a, a, a positive, a healthy sense of self-worth as well as your self-confidence. And again, I have a much earlier episode on building self-confidence and self-esteem. It's, it's a combined one. But once again, here are some tips to get you started on that journey, so to speak. Okay. One is to celebrate accomplishments, acknowledge and celebrate even the smallest achievements and try to give yourself credit for your efforts. Uh, we know for, again from the research that celebrating progress can boost your self-esteem and I suck at this. This is one of my harder things. And so one of the tips I give is that at the end of a day, if you are to say, what are two things you did well and one thing you wish you had done better? Cause of course, those of us, you know, who battle with our self-esteem, um, need to also say how we screwed up. God forbid we don't mention it. So uh, that's okay, but two things that you did well. And these can include like, oh, I said I was gonna meditate today and I did. Even if you only did two minutes instead of five. Uh, I, If you have trouble with your hygiene, hey, I showered today and I brushed my teeth, great. You get to put things in the win column. It doesn't have to be, oh, I was given the, the Nobel Prize today. So that's the only thing that fucking counts. No, other things, little, little wins count. The problem is that we often, you know, our self-esteem is so low. It's like something really huge has to be the thing. Otherwise it doesn't hit, but that's part of the problem. So to build up your self-esteem, you have to start realizing that you do do a lot of things and you have to start giving yourself credit for them. You don't have to announce it to the world. You don't have to send out a, a newsletter saying, oh, I tied my shoes today. I'm not talking about that kind of bullshit. I'm talking about getting real with yourself and giving yourself some props for the things you do. All right. Another thing I think is really important for improving your self-esteem and your confidence is to surround yourself with positive people. You got to spend time with people who uplift and support you. And you need to avoid spending times in relationships that drain your energy or make you feel unworthy. And I know a lot of times it's the most important people in our lives that make us drain, have us feel drained or feel unworthy. I get it, but you have to figure out a way to shift that balance that that's not the majority of what you're hearing or around and nor is it the, the uh, most important thing you're listening to. Yeah, I know, I know, but this is the work. And then a third tip I would give really is to practice self-care. I did a whole episode on self-care also, but really taking care of your physical and emotional well-being is a priority if you want to raise your self-esteem and your feelings of sense of self your feelings of self-worth. You have to engage in activities that you know, bring you joy, bring you relaxation, a sense of accomplishment. You, you, you know, you got to do it. You got to do it. I love you. Do it. That's Wouldn't it be great if an entire therapy session was me saying, I love you, just do it. Just shut up and do it. <laughs> um, you're like, no, Abby, that wouldn't be great. 
but that's what I'm saying to you. you. You got, I don't know what else, like you have to do it. You, you can't, you, I want you to listen. I'm glad you're here. I love you. I'm so happy you're here with me. But if you're not doing the things, I'm not really helping you that much. So somewhere, I'm not saying do everything I just mentioned, but start, pick one. I get that there's three areas to work on. Start with one area and then start with one thing. Start with journaling. Go listen to the journaling episode and do the journaling. Start there. You have to start somewhere. And if you try to do all of it, of course you won't and you can't. Who could? I, I give you lots of options because I don't know which one will appeal the most to you. Maybe what appeals the most to you is, you know what? I'm going to listen to the loving kindness meditation every day for a week. I'm going to do that. Got it. Done. That is the, the least point of entry. I don't have to, you know, go listen to another episode and get journaling prompts and buy a notebook from Abby's website. Or I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to listen. I can go on YouTube right now. Or maybe I'm already on YouTube listening to Abby, watching her in my all my glory. Um, and right. It's like, anyway, whatever works, just pick one thing and you can add more later. And I, and I really want you to remember that, you know, change takes a bit of time and effort. It's, it's okay to progress at your own, own pace. Don't, don't compare yourself to others. You know, again, celebrate those small victories, be patient with yourself because you're, you're working towards building healthier, more fulfilling relationships based on that mutual respect and genuine affection. And that is what it's all about. You can do this. I have total faith in you. I've seen you do it. I get the emails from you, which I love, by the way, abby at abbymedcalf.com. Uh, I love them. I love when I hear how you're doing. I, I love when you tell me when something's helped or what really, really got you to the next you know, level, uh, what you would like to see more of on the podcast, um, all those things. I love, love getting them. And as you know, if you've written to me, I do write back. Now, do not write in with some long, long question at number one, because I don't have time. There's there's a lot of you, okay? There's a lot of people who listen. <laughs> I don't have time to read an email that's gonna take me five, 10 minutes to read. I just, I don't. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to get to the other 100 that are sitting there from other people. So please try to keep it as brief as possible. If you have a question for Ask Dr. Abby, understand that's what it's for, and I might or might not answer it on Ask Dr. Abby. So don't ever write in with like, please help me with my life, and then dump your life on me and expect, like that's, it's not ethical for me to do. And it's, it's not appropriate for you to even want you like you need to go to therapy. If it's that big, you got to go to therapy, go, get yourself to an actual therapist or some support or go to church or mosque or temple and get, you know, that kind of, uh, if you feel like you can't afford regular therapy or whatever, or you can't access it where you are, you need to figure out a more appropriate way to get help than just sort of, you know, me. Uh, it, it can't work that way. And it can't be immediate because that's not what I can do. So please write in. I do love hearing from you, but please be um, aware that, you know, you're one of many people and, uh, you know, I have to manage all that uh, in addition to the rest of my life and my clients and all the things. So um, there you go. And if you are listening on Spotify, please rate. Uh, if you are listening on um, uh, Apple Podcasts, please, um, you know, give some stars, hopefully five. Please leave a review. Leaving a review is such a great, great way to help me. Um, if you really want to help, subscribe on YouTube, even if you don't watch me there. 
and uh, or go over to even if you watch me on YouTube, go over to Apple and leave a review and, um, you know, follow all those things truly, truly help the podcast get seen and heard, help us expand our growth. We have, you know, well over a million downloads now, you know, we're, we're in a hundred and I think 80 countries now. I mean, it's, 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 we're, we're changing the world one relationship at a time. You can help forward this to someone, you know, who would benefit. I want you to be part of the the army of people helping to change the world. And that's a way you can do it. And you can, you know, forward something you think would be helpful to someone, buy my book for someone you think it would help, whatever. You, there's free ways to support me. There's paid ways to support me, whatever you can do. But also for you to feel like you're not just receiving, but that you're giving, you're, you're expanding out into the world. You're powerful. You have love to give and you have things you can help others with. That is how we all get to that place where we really start to have world peace. So help me get there. It is my mission. I love it. I love that we're starting season six. I'm really excited for what we might do next. I don't even know what this season's gonna be yet. I haven't made all the plans. Um, I love you. Thank you for being here with me. If no one else tells you this week, you are amazing and brave and incredible. And I feel truly honored truly honored and humble to spend this time with you and I'm <laughs> I'm gonna get through a closing without crying so I love you have an amazing week and I'll talk to you real soon thank you for listening to the relationships made easy podcast with wonderful me dr. Abby Metcalf and I've got two quick things to say just give me one more minute first I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.